All right. What's going on, guys? Coach JC here, and you are watching or listening to the Win All Day podcast show. I mean, I am super stoked. I have an amazing guest that I'm going to intro in just a few minutes, and I believe that his message, his story, and what he's doing today could radically change your life. But before we go there, if you're a frequent viewer or listener of the Win All Day podcast show, then you know that we start every show off with what we call our winning confession. And if it's your first time, you could just repeat after me. Today is my day. Nothing will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am fearless. I choose faith. I was born a winner. I will win and win all day. Once again, this is Coach JC, and you are listening or watching the Win All Day podcast show. Yes, I'm a little high energy for most of you out there. I know without a doubt because it doesn't fail. Every single week, I get an email or a message that says, how much caffeine do you drink, Coach JC, or does crack cocaine come with the podcast? So no, crack cocaine does not come with the podcast and I just drink caffeine, uh, black Americano from Starbucks at least three days a week. So, hey, enough about me. I have an amazing guest in the house, and I'm going to intro him really quick, and then you will meet him. This is my man, Mike Arce. Mike Arce is the founder and CEO of Loud Rumor, an agency that serves over 1,000 fitness studios and wellness companies throughout the entire world. After spending seven years in the fitness industry himself, Mike started an ad agency in 2009, and in 2016, he began exclusively working with fitness studios and wellness companies. Mike is also the host of top fitness business podcast, The GSD Show, top entrepreneur podcast, The GOAT Show, and of one of the top fitness studio business conferences, which I'm hearing is the top, not one of, but what I'm hearing is the top conference called GSD Con, baby. So let's welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mike Arcee to the Win All Day podcast show. What's up, Mike? What's up, man? How are you? Man, I'm living the dream, brother. I'm super stoked to have you and super excited, man. You're, you're looking good on camera. <sighs> I know. Well, you know, I, I got I got you there with this all the muscles, with the wonderful backdrop, and you got the hat, you got the shirt, you're decked out, you got the mic. So I'm here in a t-shirt in my in my home office. So I'm I'm. It's a coming from you. That's a compliment. Good. Hey, you know what? That's one of the things that we're going to be able to talk about today. I think the coolest thing, you know, of your story right now, man, you get to do what you do every single day right? Because you want to do it. You've created financial freedom, time freedom, and you wake up with passion and purpose every single day. And we're going to get into that, that you could be on a podcast in the middle of the day in a t-shirt, kicking it, and you could create your own schedule in life and help people win. So man, we're going to get into that, but here's what I would love to do. I would love to kick this show off. There's probably some listeners or viewers that might not know who you are. Um, if they're friends with me, they might know who you are because I give you, I give you some shout outs pretty often because I love what you're doing. I love the GOAT podcast. We're going to get into that as well. It's absolutely an amazing show that you have hosting the top most professional podcast show I've ever seen. It's like ESPN on iTunes, bro. It's amazing. Um, but before we go there, man, obviously you weren't always successful, Mike Arce. Um, I know a little of your story. Can you just give us a little understanding of where you came from, a little backstory, and lead us from there to where you are now, man? Intro yourself. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll do like a Quentin Tarantino style. So I'll do kind of a 
a little bit of the ending and then Beautiful. I'll go back to the beginning and then kind of work my way up. And, and the reason I want to do that is because you, you kind of kicked it off by saying financial freedom. And so, you know, obviously there's people making billions of dollars, right? And there's people making hundreds of millions of dollars and, uh, and I'm neither of that group, but I'm definitely doing well. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy how there's levels to this, right? You've probably heard that it's in, in every category, there's levels to it. Right. And, um, you know, I've had financial freedom now for two years and I, what it's, it's amazing. So I was broke, right? Like a lot of people, like a lot of people, there's so many great stories in entrepreneurs where people are, you know, down to the last penny or, or owing money. Like I was owing money and, um, get to a different level in life. And what, what's truly you know crazy is that when I was broke, I, I used to hear financial freedom, but I thought it was one of those like gimmicks. I didn't really, cause it didn't make sense. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what, like, didn't even, that didn't have a real definition for me. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't really even get it until about a year after I had it. Cause I still, it's weird. Even once you start earning more and once you start, you know, being able to, to live a life of higher quality, a little higher quality, you still feel broke cause you're so used to being broke. So you still feel like it's all going to go away. But you know, now it's been redefined where like financial freedom, it's just so cool where, if we want to go do something, we just go do it. You know, looking at the right side of the menu, um, not the left, we're looking at the left side of the menu, not the right side of the menu. Just, yeah. You know, if this is what I want to eat, I'm going to eat here and we're going to eat this. And, you know, I, I want my son to play in the greatest sports leagues that, he, we, that we can offer around here. And I want to be able to travel so my family can see things because I, I was not able to do that. And so um, being able to just say yes to things without really being concerned with what they cost, whereas that's so backwards because before it was, I needed to know what it cost first before I even needed to know the details. Cause I'll, I'll just rule it out right off the bat. If, yeah. uh, if the price is out, which is most, most things. So anyway, I wanted to say that for anybody that's listening right now, that that was kind of where I'm at, where it's like financial freedom. Is it a gimmick? It's not, it's really cool. And, um, I, I truly hope everyone in the world gets to live, uh, in that, in that way, because it, I, I can't imagine you not working your butt off to keep it once you get it. It's just such a cool, and great way to live. Okay. So now to go back, now that we got that. Um, yeah, I, I, I was a personal trainer. I was, I was, I was, I owned a personal training company for seven years. I had 22 jobs around that though. So, uh, I had 22 jobs before I turned 24 years old and I did everything. I started working when I was 14 years old in my uncle Joe's pizzeria. Um, I was, you know, making pizza boxes and I was wiping down counters and I was wiping down sinks and trays and utensils and, um, taking orders, taking phone orders. I was doing that at 14. And then, you know, from there I just kind of kept moving. I, I worked at my father's business a couple of times. My father's a jeweler. So I did some random things with him. Um, I was a waiter, uh, a waiter at four different restaurants, uh, sold stuff at Best Buy, did door to door sales. I've sold knife sales. Like I literally sold knives. Um, I did everything, man. Like I, it's, it's great. And, um, you know, it's weird. I just had this conversation with my employees where everyone's so freaked out about, and, and, and I say this, like not just my employees, but everybody, but employees at my company, I could tell a good half of them were freaked out about like, are they doing what they really want to do for the future? Like, are they in the right place today for 10 years from now? Like, uh, you know, cause you're taught in college. Like if you want to be a doctor, get your foot in medical, right? If you want to be in retail, like get your foot in some sort of clothing business or something like that. And then little by little, you work your way up and you build your experience. And what's interesting is like none of the things that I've did that I've done ever would have led me to an ad agency or an agency in general, like in marketing or anything. None of them, none of those things. It's not about what I did though. It's about how I did it. Um, 
And so I believe that you're practicing one of two things every day. You're either practicing being great at something or you're practicing not being great. And you're going to get good at either of those two things. You're either going to get good at being great or you're going to get good at not being great. You take people like you probably know, you probably know those people, but they just kind of get really good at anything they do. Like if they start doing ping pong, they'll just like their competitive drive. They just get really good at ping pong. If they pick up an instrument, if they take out a new business, they just do really good. And that's because all their life they've, whatever they've done, how you do anything is how you do everything. They've practiced being great. And you get some people that like, no matter what they do, they keep quitting or it doesn't work. It's not good. They're not good at it. And that's because you practice not being great. You've practiced being mediocre. And so if you, you know, we can get into detail, but I, you know, that's up to you, but different jobs that I've had, it's, it's interesting. Like how I've done things at those jobs is I think what developed me at this point now at this agency and, and why we're growing so fast not so much what I did at those jobs because serving people burgers doesn't help me run ad better ads, but what I did with that and how I was able to break records at these different companies that I worked at stupid little records, but they were big records for me. Um, how that I think allowed me to do what we're doing here at the agency. So, um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that gives you a little bit of background, but we started, I started out doing a bunch of those jobs. And then from there, I just kept moving into different things and, you know, I don't know how deep you want me to go, but we definitely had a lot of issues with money. We had a lot of issues with debt, um, you know, not having a place to live and all that stuff. And then, you know, obviously things came around with time, a lot of time, but um, it came around and we're in a good place. Man, that's awesome, bro. First of all, congratulations on the success. I appreciate you being a little vulnerable and transparent with the listeners and the viewers. And I think you said something that's powerful because, you know, I look at my own life as you said that, I think there's a lot of people listening and watching right now, Mike, that are at a place in life where they, they don't understand the value and the meaning in the moment. And mm-hmm. what if you underestimated the job at Best Buy or you didn't go in with a spirit of excellence at one of the positions? You said, it's not what I was doing at the moment. It's how I did it. And yeah. I know my own life and where I am today, I look back and I'm like, what if I didn't take that step and just right. keep stepping I would never be where I am today and have the success that I'm having and the impact and the contribution I'm having. And I want to say to the listener right now and the viewer that, you know, where you're at right now, don't get so caught up with where you want to be. Keep that in mind, right? Know where the vision is. And this is what I hear you saying. You knew you wanted to be financially free. You knew there was more, but you owned the moment, the relationships in the moment, the job in the moment. You did everything you did with excellence. So what would you say to that person right now that's, that's burnt out? that's frustrated, that's saying, I don't see meaning in the moment, Mike, JC, I'm just, man, I'm in this job and I'm just, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't see the value and I don't see how it's going to benefit me. What would you say to that person? Cause you did this. You went in and you don't, you don't need to, you, yeah, you don't need to see how it's going to benefit you. That's the thing. Like there's a difference between fear and faith and you know, fear is really the unknown. That's it. You're not afraid of a lion. You know, if there's a lion in your bedroom, you're not afraid of the lion. So long as the lion is in a very secure cage with people with guns pointing at the lion, if they even takes an inch towards you. Now you're not afraid of that lion. You're afraid of that lion. If that lion, if that cage opens up, right? So, so really the fear is the unknown. I don't know if this lion's going to maul me right now. And that's what it is, right? When it comes with faith, there's unknown there as well. But there's the faith that I'm going to be, everything's going to work. Everything's for a reason. And so you take those people that go into a jungle and they like, you know, that guy goes in the jungle with hyenas and he just starts petting hyenas. And you're like, in his head, he's got faith. Like these hyenas are going to be good. We're going to do good. Everything's going to work. And so there's going to be monsters in your life. And, 
you've either got to approach those monsters with faith that they're going to actually embrace you and they're going to make you stronger, or you've got to approach those, you, you approach those monsters with fear. And, and trust me, you behave differently when you're afraid. You, you don't take the chances. You don't have the confidence. You have the anxiety. Other people have less confidence in you. Everything around you exudes fear and, and vulnerability and weak. And when you have faith, everything's confidence and stability and control. And, and control is a big part of fear too, right? Like if we're not, we're always, af- we're no, no one's afraid of being in a car and driving it. It's if the, car, if the steering wheel breaks. Now we're out of control. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> now yeah. I'm out of control. So you don't have to be in the right spot. You just have to do the right things in that spot. And so, you know, to give you an example, like a crazy example, it's totally irrelevant to what I do today as far as the what, but when I worked at Ruby Tuesday as a waiter, I remember I got a job there and um, I saw like they, they started doing these contests where was, you sell strawberry lemonades. It was like $2.99 for a strawberry lemonade. And whoever sold the strawberry lemonade, you would get a dollar kickback. So me as a waiter, I get a dollar for every strawberry lemonade I sell. So I'm thinking, man, the average table's got about three people at it. And uh, I'll probably end up having about 20 tables. It's about, I could get 60 bucks off of this yeah. and there's no refills. I might be able to make 90 to 120 bucks, you know, off of this. All I got to do is get everyone to drink a freaking lemon, strawberry lemonade. <laughs> and um, I remember there was people there that were good and capable, people that were working there longer than me. That was my first waiting job. People had been there for five years, six years, right? So they got all the edges on me on getting these strawberry lemonades sold. But I noticed people either A, weren't selling them on purpose, like, People had attitude, but look, I'm not going to say, they, they don't want to drink a strawberry. I want people to drink what they want to drink. They didn't come here to drink what I want them to drink. I want them to drink what they want to drink, right? And then you got other people that will offer it to check it off the list and say they've done it. And if people don't want it, then they blame that strawberry lemonade's not the desired option. My mentality was every friggin' person that walks in this door is getting a strawberry lemonade if they sit at my table, every yeah. single one. And so when they sit down, if you're sitting down at my table, I'm going to say, hey, guys, so I'm going to get into the specials just so you know, before we get into anything, if you have never been to Ruby Tuesday before, you have to get a strawberry lemonade. If you've been here and haven't had one, you've got to get a strawberry lemonade because you're not going to be able to go home and tell your friends that you've been here if you haven't had one because it'd be a lie. And they'd be like, really? Yes. All the other stuff that you see in the menu, you can get at Chili's, you can get at Applebee's, you can get anywhere. The strawberry lemonade, the way, do, the way we do it here, it cannot be done anywhere else. I want you guys to taste it. What do you guys think? You give it a shot on that? After that, you order whatever you want, but you guys okay with getting a strawberry lemonade? I really wanted a Coca-Cola. You can have a Coca-Cola, but get the strawberry lemonade on the side so you can say you had it. What do you think? (laughs) Right? And I had strawberry lemonades lined up on the counter. Now, for me at the time, 19, 20 years old, I was getting maybe $80 in tips, but then I was adding an additional $60 to $100 in commissions off of these lemonades. Just just racked up. People are watching me. People are hating on me saying, dude, you shouldn't be selling lemonade. Like they don't want lemonade. They don't have, I didn't care. In my head, if you put that goal there, that's because you want me to hit it. So I'm going to hit the damn goal. Same thing at, you know, CompUSA, right? I, I, they say they gave me a dollar to $5 commission if I sold insurances on things like keyboards, joysticks, and mouses. Right. And so I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I took a joystick. I figured in my head, I'm going to make the company back money if I break this thing right now. So I would break the joystick, just a little break. And uh, so it's wobbly. I would take the mouse and I'd rip the cord out a little bit. So the cord's a little, you know, bent out and wires hanging. And then I took the keys and I popped a couple of the keys out. Right. And in my head, like I said, yeah, that cost the company at cost, probably a good 80 bucks, but I'm going to make that back on insurances. 
So I would, I would get to you and you'd come over and you'd say, cause I knew that was my goal. Right. So you'd say, yeah, I'm looking at getting a keyboard I'd say, Hey, awesome. This is a great one right here. It is great. You're like, awesome. Hey, you're going to get the insurance of this, right? No, I don't really need the assurance. Yeah, it's no big deal. Hey, look, this is the model right here though. So come take a look at it, feel it out, make sure it's the one that you want. And they start going, Oh, key popped off. Yeah, well that happens. And that's, you know, it's only been on the floor for a couple of weeks. So I mean, dude, if you want the insurance, it's literally only one to $5. And then if anything like this happens, we just give you a brand new one. And if that one's not available, we give you the new version of that one. I mean, do you just do the insurance? It makes sense. Right. And then they just do it. And I was selling insurances like crazy. And I was getting, you know, I was making more off the commissions and off my paycheck. Now that may not sound like anything, but in reality to me, that's how I do things. If, if you give me a goal, I'm hitting the damn goal and I will do whatever it takes to hit the goal and do right. So whatever you're doing, whoever is listening right now, I don't care if you're a waiter. I don't care if you work at it. I don't care what you're doing. Do it like as if you want to be the example of what that employee position should look like, like redefine what the poster boy example should look like so that now they hire differently because of you. They start hiring with you as yeah. a template where they go, we need more people like Mike. We need to hire. And if they don't look like you or sound like you, they're not getting the job. Wow. So, so if you do that, then whatever you do after, whether you want to be an employee at another company or you want to be an entrepreneur, the same thing goes like you look very different than everyone else. And then you, the competitors don't stand up to you. Right. So anyway, that, that's kind of my take on that for anybody listening, man. I love it, man. And you're talking about practicing, like you mentioned earlier, you know, every single day you have an opportunity to either practice being great or mm-hmm. practice, practice not, not being great. great. Yeah. As simple as that. There's no gray area. You can't, no. you can't lay your head on a pillow at night and say, I was mediocre today. I was average. I did okay. It's either I won or I lost. And winning is I maximized my God-given talents. I was the best version of me today. Maybe I didn't have the greatest success in every area, but I went in 100% playing the game. So talk to that person really quick. Um, that they say, well, how do, how do you practice when you don't feel like it? What do you give me? Give me some takeaways on that, Mike. That I could do every single day to practice being great, even when I don't feel like being great. Maybe in my marriage, maybe in my career, maybe in my job, maybe in my bank account, maybe in whatever I'm doing. What would you say you did to overcome pra- and, and become really good at mastering <laughs> practicing being great that that person could do right now on a on an everyday basis to practice being great? Well, first, I think it's a mindset thing. So first yep. is mindset. So you've got to know that there's no staying still. You're either moving forward or moving backward. So if you are practicing being great, then you're, tomorrow you will wake up better at being great. If you practice not being great, tomorrow you will wake up being better at not being great. So you're yep. better at being worse. So there's no staying still. You're either getting better or worse. You're never staying the same. That's one, right? So just know that. And then the second thing is you don't have to practice being great in a particular thing and a traditional thing like work or even school. Like for my kids, I told my son, cause he's not a big fan of school. I said, look, dude, you, you don't have to get straight A's. You don't even have to get B's. You can get C's and a couple B's. I'm good with that. You just need to make it through and pass, but you've got to be great somewhere else. Yes. So I give him like, he's got to do the piano, right? So, Hey, you're gonna play the piano. That's fine. Then you better be great at the piano. You play basketball is fine. You better be great at basketball. Like I, I need you to have some tool because to me, school is a tool. And if you don't have other things in your life that you can use as vehicles to practice being great at something and improving by practicing and being better, 
then school's going to be the thing. Then in that case, he's got to get straight A's. Like he doesn't have a choice. He ha- he can't not get straight A's and not be an A student somewhere else in his life. You got to be an no. A student somewhere, you know? So, cause so for me, for example, I am not an A student in 99 million things, right? Like I'm not, I'm not an A student at racquetball. I'm not an A student in, in cooking. I'm not an A student in any of those things, but I have my buckets where I am a, cause I, I intentionally practice on being great. And then the cool thing is if I decide to get into cooking, if I decide to get into racquetball, I know that that experience that I've gotten being great and practicing and seeing my improvements will get me to be a better racquetball player or a better cook than I would have otherwise. Right. And Here's the thing. It could be drawing. It could be writing a song. It could be, you know, reaching out and building relationships with your customer. It could be being a better husband, like literally saying, I'm going to imagine, and it is actually something I've done. And it's crazy because it created a great habit with me and my wife. My wife and I were having, you know, issues like a lot of marriages do over time. And we're having issues and, you know, the D word even threw around a couple times, which is scary. Like you don't want that, especially if you have four kids. And so I decided, I'm like, you know what? For the next like five weeks, I'm going to be the absolute best husband. I'm going to make it so that if I'm going to pretend everyone, the world is watching me. Like I've got, I'm a reality show. The world's watching me and there is no way that every wife that's watching or girlfriend is watching is not going to be jealous, is not going to want their husband. Like I'm not, I'm redefining the role. Like I've done another of my jobs. I'm redefining the role of what makes a great husband. I'm redefining it so that now all the other women are looking at their husbands like, you're not even close, right? And all the husbands are looking at me like, I'm not even close. And the crazy thing is, it was difficult at first, you know, the first couple of days because I had my habits and I, and, but, I, but I was conscious of like, wow, shit, a lot of this is me. Like, yeah, a lot I mean, of this is me. I'm really like causing some of these issues. And I didn't think I was, right? Nobody ever thinks they're the cause of it until you really work on never being the cause of anything. And then you realize you're the cause of a lot. And, uh, you know, two, two weeks in, like it's automated. Like I, I wake up, I give my wife a kiss on her shoulders and her neck. And, you know, I, I, I walk down, I have breakfast with her. Like you just, you just, now you're in the flow of it all. Right. And then now it's easier to be a better father. If you want to be a better cousin, a better son, whatever. So better employee, better entrepreneur. So just, you know, it's easier to be, I think if I wasn't, if I didn't practice being great at selling those stupid lemonades or the insurance or at loud rumor or whatever, I think I would have had a harder time ever becoming a better husband because I didn't have the practice on being great at something. So I would have sucked at being great at it and I would have failed. Man, that's so powerful, man. You said so many great takeaways there. And I want to stay there for a moment because, you know, I think it's important for an entrepreneur listening, you know, a business owner listening, myself, like you, we're extremely busy. We're doing a lot. We're helping a lot. We're making a huge impact. And sometimes things can fall by the wayside, right? So the win all day mantra. And when I created this movement, that's now become a national movement. It's about being your best. And and I, I get to coach people every single day, man. I get to speak on some of the largest stages. And my message is simple, Mike. What good is it if Loud Rumor was the most successful ad agency in the entire world, but your marriage is broken, right? What good is it if you have the best body in the world, like a lot of people do, and they're broke financially? So it's about being the best version of you, maximizing your God-given talents and abilities physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, professionally, financially, in your relationships, in your marriage, whatever relationship might look like. So let's stay there for a minute and give us the Mike RC win all day game plan. Talk to us about your daily habits or rituals that you do every single day because you still work out. I know that for a fact you still, uh, and we're going to get into what you're doing with your sales team and your companies and the podcast. But right now, what do you do to take care of 
Mike Arcy, the MVP. Because if you're not your best, man, yeah. everything else that's out there that you have your hands in isn't going to be its best. So, so let I us got, in the world, man. It. Come on, baby. I've got a secret OCD thing that only a few people know about me. Like Kelsey knows this about me. Uh, my wife knows about this about me. A couple of family members know this about me. But here's a secret that I haven't really told people outside of this. My OCD thing. So it's funny. My inside OCD mantra is so close to yours. Win all day. Mine's not win all day. I lose a lot throughout my days. But I win every day. What I mean by that is I can't sleep at night unless I win something. I have to win something every day. So even if it's something small, so like I'll always have this, I have two, I have a Rubik's cube in my bag and I have a Rubik's cube on my desk. If I didn't get to beat someone in something or win something or, or beat a record in my own a personal record or do something, if I didn't get the win, then I have to do this Rubik's cube in under two minutes. Because if I can't solve this Rubik's, to me, that's winning, right? I define that in my head. So now it's like, all right, I got to do this under two minutes, which is hard. Like I can only do it under two minutes, maybe one out of every 15 times. Sometimes it may take me 30 or 40 times before I can get it. Sometimes I'll do it on the first shot. But, um, you know, it's this is like, I have to win every day. I have to every freaking day. So like stupid things like this, like, like every, I have something all the time that I have to get good at that the average person isn't good at. So I realized that the majority of people can't solve Rubik's Cube. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. And then I, the average person can't play the guitar. So I went and learned how to play the guitar. And now that I learned how to play the guitar, now I'm learning how to play piano. So I just started learning piano three, three months ago and I'm playing Believe by Journey. Or, Let's yeah, go. Even. Yeah, so, you know, then it's like the piano. And then like ping pong, I got crazy like good in ping pong. Like crazy good for the average person, right? Like I'm not playing the tournaments, but like I was whipping my buddies that were whipping me. And so like little things, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to get freakishly good at this random thing that people would never guess I would be good at. And I'm going to do it just because most people don't get good at it. And I like that feeling of being unique and being good at things that are just a little weird and raw. Um, but as far as routines, yeah. So I win something every day. Every day I have to, I have to do something where I win. Um, in the morning time, so I switch up. Every year I have, I, I create new routines and I keep some things, but I change a lot. And I, I actually, I am one of the people that will commit to a new year resolution. So I've done four years in a row where I've done my new year resolution end to end, January to December, no breaks. So last year, my new resolution, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and, um, you know, I had, I did intermittent fasting and I, I ate a certain amount of food, a certain types of food. And, um, that was pretty much like the things that I implemented all year last year. This year, um, don't wake up at 4.30. This year, I wake up at whatever time I want to because my goal is to make sure that I get um, seven hours plus sleep for at least 243 days this year. I put 243 because I got four kids. Dude. Sometimes I get sick and I got to be there. there. So I can't, I can't be like, figure it out. I got a goal. So um, I got two-thirds of the year. That's what 243 is. So, um, so for me, I have a, instead of a wake up time, I have a go to bed time. So I go to bed by nine 30 every day. If, Cause if I go to bed by nine 30 every day, the math that I got is if I do seven hours of sleep, I'm waking up at four 30 anyway. But if I need that extra hour, cause my body was a little bit more exhausted that day, mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever, then I'll get that extra hour or two or whatever. I'll sleep nine hours if I need to, which very rarely ever happens. Like this morning, for instance, my body needed less. So I woke up at three 40 and I was like, I'm up. So I was fine. And I got up and I feel great. I don't feel, cause yesterday was pretty easy. Yesterday was great. I had 
emotionally, physically, mentally, I had no challenging days yesterday. Today it was my work off day with working out. Everything was easy. So today I'm doing legs. It's gonna be a little different. I'm gonna be exhausted. <laughs> but um, but yes, and then and then I eat very healthy. I take very good care of my body. So I eat very, very healthy. Um, I've got a performance coach for that. I weigh myself naked every single morning. I take pictures every Tuesday. I see what my results are as I go. Um, I track every damn calorie that goes in my body. I know exactly what I'm eating when I'm eating it. And again, that's just more of building a habit. So do I care about tracking every calorie that goes in my body? No. And by next year, I won't be doing that. But I want to be better at tracking things. So next year, when I get into a different level of my business, which I plan on being with some things that we're adding in, I've got to have that discipline of being able to track. And that's a weakness for me because my personality assessment is actually very low analytical and it's very high D and I, which is assertive and sociable. Yeah. So I've got to like create this. I got to build this and I'm, I'm using my own body to kind of build that habit and that stuff. So anyway, yeah, I mean, other than that, that's it. I, I do, I do that. I drink celery juice every morning. So I do that. And then that's pretty much it, man. Other than that, I don't have like, I'd be lying to you if I said like I had stuff I stick to. Do I read every day? No. Like I read almost every day. Um, but if I miss a day, I'm okay with that. Um, it just, it, honestly, it's just, I read what I need. And sometimes I, what I read yesterday, I'm, I'm excited to implement today. And I know if I read more today, it's going to distract me from implementing what I learned yesterday and I'm all yeah. on it. So, so I, I won't read necessarily every day. That used to be a routine though, but not anymore. Yeah. That's powerful, man. Reading used to be a routine. That's what it was. Saying. And then, and I learned from my routines and what I learned was I wouldn't implement everything that I learned that would have been really good because I'm already learning the next thing and I got excited. So now it's like read, learn, execute, read, learn, execute. And cause if you're, if you're doing, if you're teaching a kid how to play the piano, like you don't just keep having a teacher come over every day to teach you new shit. It's like, you've got to be good at what you just learned first, like really get that down. And then once you get that part down and it's smooth and, and you don't have to like think about it anymore, you can do it with your eyes closed, then learn the next thing and then keep doing it that way. So I'm wanting to do the same thing with my business. Business is hard. Business is very hard. So instead of learning so many new things at the stage that I'm at in my life in business, which I still think I have a long way to go to be anything like Richard Branson or Elon Musk or any of those guys, I figure it's like, well, rather than learning a billion things in the first year, why don't I learn like couple hundred things or hundred things, but like really do them and learn them and get good at them blindfoldly. So it's my habit. And then I just move on to the next thing because I'm going to be in business in 10, 15 years anyway. So I don't need to learn 10, 15 years worth of stuff in a month. I can learn it in 10 to 15 years, but all of it's being executed as opposed to it being potential results, right? That's huge, man. I mean, there's a lot of people that are listening right now that they're retaining a lot of information on a daily basis. They want to get to the next level right? And this might be you listening, but you haven't mastered the mm -hmm. art of execution or application, right? Start mm -hmm. to be intentional with a few things, become really great at a few things. And those few things that you've become great at, and you know, let's, let's, let's take a step back because you talked about finding something that you're great at on a daily basis to feel like you're winning the day. And that's important. You know, I remember in times of my life, you know, similar to you, you know, when I, when I was starting our ad agency, that's been very successful now, man, I was learning everything. I was in the trenches, understanding Facebook ads, YouTube ads, you know, pixels and all this crazy stuff that was foreign to me. And it was overwhelming. I wasn't really good at it in the beginning because it was new, but I know every single day what I was really good at with a background in fitness. 
I would go out to my garage and I was telling my coaches this not too long ago is I would find something I was really good at squatting, kettlebell swing. And I would just take a break and I would go do that for 10 minutes just to give me another feeling of accomplishment and bring mm-hmm. back a little motivation that JC, everything's going to be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a second. You know, obviously you, uh, you built this ad agency, you had to master these skills, you had to retain and apply over and over and over and again. It just didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you had some hiccups and you tripped up and you got knocked down. You got beat up. You didn't quit. And now today, Mike Arce, you are running the go-to. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. In my perspective, from the research I've done being in industry, it's the go-to. And I'm not talking about anything else. I'm talking about the agency exclusively mm-hmm. for fitness studios and gyms when it comes to marketing and advertising their gym or fitness studio, you are now serving and partnering with over a thousand fitness studios and gyms. How did that happen? And 40 major franchises. 40 um, major franchises in the health and wellness industry. Yeah. So the same thing, right? So um, if you go to my lobby, you'll notice that the lobby chairs are actually the same chairs that you'll find in the airport. Like they're airport chairs. I, I went and found airport chairs. The reason I found airport chairs is because that's part of our story where, look, if you're wondering how we learned how to just destroy in this industry as well as we do, it's because I've flown to over 30 states to visit with the most successful fitness stu- you know, studio owners and entrepreneurs and really understand what the heck they're doing, how they're doing it and break down the science of it and then implement that here at the business. Yeah. So same thing, right? You learn and you implement. You learn and you implement, you know? So will I read every day? No, but maybe I'm hanging out with a studio owner that day and I'm learning something, right? Um, so yeah, we, we, we just take it very seriously. We have guests on the show and, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a student on that show too. I'm not, the, I'm not, to me, I'm not the host. To me, I'm a student. I'm really learning. And then I'm able to contribute some stuff too. But in reality, like people have dropped stuff on my show. I'm like, dude, that's amazing. Like, I, yes, I get that. I see why you're doing it that way. That's a good, I never thought of it that way. It's a good angle. Yeah. Right. Um, we've got guests coming to speak at, uh, we had our conference. Like I said, last year was great conference. This year is going to be a crazy conference. Cause we're, I mean, the budget went from 10 grand for the event to 180 grand. Come so, on. you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, last year I was at this conference. I'm sitting down with the audience. I'm taking notes. I'm taking more notes than probably any other fitness studio owner out there because I'm just like, I can use this great. Like, all my clients should know this. Right. And this year we're going to be doing it again. So this stuff's more for me than for the people that buy the ticket. But ultimately I know that it's for me, for the clients. Right. So, um, the stuff that we've got in place are great. And for my team, my employees, like, yes, we were adamant. We were going to win best place to work in Arizona. And we did. We won best place to work. We we're going to win ad agency of the year. We did three years. You know, we're going to do that again. And, you know, it all comes down to same thing, like the Rubik's Cube. I, I didn't just learn how to do the Rubik's Cube. It's like, now how can I do another two minutes? And same thing. It's like, okay, I didn't just learn how to do marketing, but how can I bring more leads than the average guy at the lowest cost? How can I blow their mind? I didn't just learn yeah. how to sell fitness, but how can I get them closing at rates they've never seen before? Yeah. So it's more than just checking it off the list, like the Ruby Tuesday guy that would make offers for strawberry lemonades. And it's saying, I am going to destroy everyone. Yeah. You know? And that, that's a mindset. That's a mindset like you talked about earlier to go into the day saying, I'm going to win the day, but I'm also going to destroy. It's a spirit of excellence. It's a pride thing. You know, I wake up every single day and people ask me, what drives you, Coach JC? And for me, what drives me is, I have a fear of 
underachieving, not reaching my God-given talent and potential. And some people say, well, that's crazy. But every single day, I feel like I could do more. I could be more. There's more people that need what I have. And so let's, let's talk about this really quick. How did the GOAT show come about? I mean, now you have the GOAT podcast show, the greatest of all time you're interviewing. The production is top-notch. And you have some of the top influencers, um, marketing gurus and minds on there, business entrepreneurs. I mean, from all different walks like life in the personal development industry. How did that show come about? And then I do want you to name drop. I want you to name drop at least two or three or four or five because the show has had some of the biggest names on there, man. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know your audience, so if they know these, but like Russell Brunson's a big yep. name, Grant Cardone's been on there, Ed Milet's been on there, Kevin Harrington, the original shark from Shark Tank's been on there, um, Jordan Zimmerman, $4.4 billion ad agency has been on there. Um, we just had Jay Abraham, who's the godfather of marketing on there, Cameron Harold, who literally does all the coaching for CEO, he's for the CEO and CEO of Sprint and Elon yep. Musk companies and all those guys. So here's where it came about, and then I'll tell you why the production was important. So... I, I love, co- I love hiring coaches because I feel like that's, that's better than reading because they're applying it directly to me and then they hold me accountable to it. And I like, sh- I like sh- being a show off uh, kind of, you know, so, and, and what I mean by that is not show off in like a braggy way. I like showing you what I can do. I love showing you what's, what I'm capable of. And just like, you know, I want people, I want to redefine the role of being an employee at a Ruby Tuesday or redefine what being a husband means. I want my, like my mission when I work with a coach, I want them to redefine what a good client looks like. Like I want them to look at me and go, geez, like everyone should be implementing like this guy. Everyone yeah. should be implementing. So the problem is, you know, like I coach with Cameron Harold, but he's 78,000 a year, right? And then I've got Russell Brunson, he's 30,000 a year. And then I've got, you know, Joe Polish goes 25,000 a year. And then I, it's like, it racks up, it starts racking up. And then I hire random coaches like Dennis, you be like 15 grand here. And, and Vince Reed was like 20 grand here. So it starts really racking up. So I was like, man, how do I, cause there's people that I help that normally I charge for that help. Normally I would charge, you know, Absolutely. But, I, I, but like there's people that come to me and we have a relationship and I just go, dude, I'll, let me just show you what to do. It's easy. Or I'll hook you up with somebody on my team. So it's like, how do I build more relationships with people that I would normally want to pay for so that they would feel good about helping me and I would feel good about getting help by them. So I created the GOAT show where I interview people that are arguably the greatest of all time. That's what GOAT stands for at what they do. And so I've had people that are people that I've wanted to get coaching from for YouTube ads, for Facebook ads, for Instagram ads, for, you know, uh, running an agency, for building an agency, for running a podcast, right? John Lee Dumas, everybody. And so when, if you watch the show, um, you'll never see me give a tip. I don't give, I give zero tips on that show. I just ask questions and it's not because I'm being a good host It's because you just get to watch me doing what I do. If the doors were closed, I'm here to learn from this guy and that's it. So for me, it's free mentorship for not only that hour, but while my team's setting up, I'm usually talking to these guys for about a half hour beforehand. And then afterwards, I'm usually talking for about a half hour. Like Jay Abraham and I talked for like an hour after. Jordan Zimmerman took me through a two-hour tour throughout his agency. We talked the whole way through. I learned all around. And now Jordan calls me randomly to check in, see how things are going. Um, Jay Abraham sent me a ton of free stuff. Um, Cameron Harold does a bunch of stuff for me now for free. And, and, you, and Vince Reed is like awesome. So Billy Jean is one of my good friends now. So it's like all these... All these things are networks, right? And, and so the reason I made the production so high was because 
I knew that in order for them, I didn't have a big audience for that yet at the time. So I knew in order for them to say yes, I had to give them something that if they were able to share it, they, it would look good in their sizzle reel. It would look good. In, like it would make them look great yeah. to be on this podcast. So I made the production high because the audience wasn't high. And so I figured if the audience isn't high, the production needs to be high. And so that's why we made the production the way we made it. But that's actually why we made the show. It was a way for me to connect with people. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to connect with unless I paid for it. And honestly, I didn't have as much money as I wanted coaching. <laughs> so that's why I did what I did there. I mean, amazing show, man. We've watched many episodes. The production is top notch. I don't think there's a podcast out there that I've seen personally that is that well done. Um, so wait, I love- wait, wait till you see what we're doing with the GSD show starting in two Ooh, weeks. Come Dude, on, it makes it makes the Goat Show production look like look like a, like a lemonade stand. I love it. I can't wait. So tell us the difference between the GSD show and the Goat Show. What's the difference in those two shows? So. It's called the GSD show, but in reality, it should be called the GSD network because there's four different styles of shows on that podcast. There's GSD bites, which is little bites, like two to 12 minute long bites where I'm showing people how to determine the perfect ad budget or how, um, you know, how to sell your customers when they say their husband or they need to talk to their husband, like right, quick little things, right? Then there's GSD raw. That's where I interview like raw interviews. Um, so these are people that are studio owners that are doing a lot of really cool things. They don't have like a big story yet, but like they're doing some really cool stuff in their studio that everyone should know about. Cause like they're using this software really well, or they got this really great system for training or whatever. So that's GSD raw. Then we've got GSD stories and that is crazy. That's, that's really the elevation. So GSD stories where I interview people that are Really, really, I'm, I mean, I'm great. they're great. They're great at what they do. So we got Bedros Koulian. We got so founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, um, founder of F45, founder of Orange Theory, founder, like all these people are coming on. And that production is just so incredible because, so here, here's what I, I realized. Regardless of who the host is of any, po- I listen to a lot of podcasts, regardless of who the host is, I rarely care about what the host has to say in their podcast. So for, for instance, I like listening to Ed Milet's podcast. I think Ed Milet is one of the most inspirational people. I love the way his mind works and thinks and everything. But we, when he interviews people and he starts putting in his two cents, I'm like, come on, enough. Let's go to the next guy. Gary Vaynerchuk, same thing, right? Like I'm always yeah. like, come on, come on, go to the next guy. Um, everybody, <clears throat> Grant Cardone even. I'm like, come on, go to the next guy. Yeah. So I realized there's zero podcasts where I care about what the host says and I don't know if it's stigma where just we grew up with the mentality yeah. of the interviewer is supposed to interview. So when Jordan was being interviewed, when Elton John was being interviewed, when oh, they, it's just, it's on them. Right. And it's not about the host. So I was like, all right, so I got to figure out how do I still position myself as an authority and share what I know without being annoying because I'm the host that's giving my input. Yeah. So what I did was I, if I'm in, let's say this is stories. I interview you, you come into my studio, I interview you. And um, then what I do is I ask you all the questions, but I tell you ahead of time, just so you know, I will not be in the actual, like my parts in this interview will never make it to the final cut. So me asking you questions, me giving you my perspective, or even me nodding my head, like you're not going to get any of that in the episode. All I'm doing is ask questions. We're going to have you in there. Then what I do, like in the show, The Prophet, you ever watch the show, The Prophet? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know how in the prophet, like he's helping people doing stuff and then it cuts to like him in a green room yep. and he's like going, so basically here's what they mean by, yep. did, you know, whatever. And then he breaks down in the green room and there's graphics. So what we do is I interview Bedros, right? Like as an example, and I asked him a question like, Hey, how, how, how do you advertise to get more franchisees? Right. And instead of him going on for 10 minutes, like he did, right. Because you know, he had a, he wanted to give me all the info. What I did was I took like 30 to 40 of his best answer. Right. And then all the fluff I summarized. So he goes, so basically we learned how to do Facebook and he goes into, he goes into it. And then it cuts to me in the green screen and I go, so here's what Bedros knew. And then I go into it. So now I'm the authority that not only gets it, but I'm breaking it down for you, but you don't hear me asking the question. It's interesting. I'll send you a clip so you can see it, but I shared it with uh, Billy Jean and a few of my mentors and they were like, this is perfect because you're not stealing the show. He's the show, but you're the authority and it's perfect. It's exactly what you want it to be. And the idea is I want to interview these big franchises and I want to make the franchise look so freaking good and smart that they want to blast it out to go attract more franchisees. Then what happens is the existing franchisees and the prospective franchisees not only get to see it, but they see me in there as the authority with the head chief talking. And so now when I retarget these people, which I can do because of my audience, I'm retargeting with my face. And it's almost similar to like, if I'm the Marcus Lemonis in the industry, it's like if Marcus Lemonis advertises a free web class or a free training or that he's coming to speak in your city, he is going to sell more, not because of the content, but because he's Marcus Lemonis and you've seen him do his work. You know what Absolutely I'm so, brilliant, bro. I love that. You'll see the episode. When you see it, it's pretty crazy. And, and when you listen to it, there's like music. So Bedros talks about being in California. You hear the waves and you hear seagulls. And when he talks about being a slave to the business, you hear chains rattling. Um, when you hear talks about childcare, you hear like children. Like it's, it's like a, you're listening to a story. It's very visual, even when it's just auditory. Man, it's sick, bro. So do this. <laughs> Obviously, you, you explaining it, I don't think for the viewer or the listener that's never seen one of your shows, it doesn't know uh, service at all. I mean, tell them where they can actually go to watch the GSD show or the GOAT show. Where can they go right now, the viewers or the listeners, Mike? Yeah, if they go to gsdshow.com, um, then they'll be able to go to the main website where they can go and you, they can get access to all the links for um, like downloading it. So maybe you're an iTunes guy. You know, maybe you're a Stitcher guy or a Spotify guy. You can listen to our podcast on all those platforms or you can just watch it. And we have a YouTube channel where everything's uploaded in the playlist in order. So thegsdshow.com, that's where you go for that. And then goatshowpodcast.com is for awesome. the goat show. And um, yeah, check it out. Now the GSD show, the new version of stories thing I just described comes out. Maybe by the time you drop this episode, I'm not sure when it comes out, but um, that comes out. Uh, two weeks from yesterday. So not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after that, which will be like April uh, 16th, 24th, something like that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you got to get over there. I'm telling you right now, if you are if you love podcasts, if you want to learn, if you want to grow, if you want to take your business or your life to the next level in the fitness industry, the show's great outside of the fitness industry. I mean, the marketing minds, the gurus that are on these shows are absolutely life-changing. And I love 
how you put this show together strategically to build relationships and to continue your ongoing education. It's like you have coaches every show, personal coaches every show you get to do. And yeah. we, feel, we feel like we got that today with you, man. We're honored. We're grateful. You know, obviously, we could spend all day talking about faith and mastering and you know, how to practice the skills you need. Um, but here's what I want to do. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for not just being on the show, but keep, to, to keep fighting back in the day when times got tough, to keep fighting and practicing to be your best so that you could get to where you are today and make your greatest contribution and impact. And that's what the win all day mantra is all about, Mike. It's not about winning all day. You're not going to win all day. But the win part of it was I learned when I was at the lowest point of my life, $400,000 in debt, suicidal, desperate, down and, I, down and out in the fight of my life to be a father, that you know what? If I continue to view myself as that, I would continue to lose. And I started to shift my perspective to view myself as a winner, that I was born a winner, that I'm here on purpose, I have a purpose, that I do have a calling on my life. And I changed my perspective to understand that the meaning of anything in life only is the meaning you choose to give it. And then the all day side of it came from all things. And I started to read something in the great word, the Bible that said, man, all things work together for good and you can do all things. And I started to just say all things all day, all things all day. And I combined the two. Coach JC, you're a winner. Man, all day, all things are possible. You're a winner. All day, all things are possible. And I started to condition my mind, like you talked about today, to practice winning on a daily basis to go on to make a great contribution. So we are blessed. We're honored. And I always like to give a guest the last word, man. Is there anything you want to say to the viewers, to listeners of the Win All Day podcast show? It's your show. Come on, take us away, brother. Uh, um, you know, accountability is, is, is what's going to be necessary. So putting it out to the world, what you're going to be doing, putting, like I told my team, I'm going to learn the piano. Um, Billy Jean and I are going to be like, he, I told him, I'm like, I want to play the piano on stage at your event in May. And I got to play journey on the stage. Right. So now I have to learn it. So I have no choice. And so Having people hold you accountable, whether it's your wife, whether it's your brothers, cousins, friends, employees, coworkers, whatever, um, tell them what you're going to do. Tell them when you're going to do it by. You don't have to tell them how you're going to do it because you don't even need to know that answer yet. But tell them what you're going to do and when you're going to do it by. And then have them hold you accountable to like calling you out and checking in on you. And then have them hold you accountable to like not coming up with an excuse if you fail. That's huge. I mean, we could spend a whole show on accountability, self-accountability, and personal accountability. Mm-hmm. Man, that's Mike Arce, man. You're listening to the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, one more time, get over to listen to the GSD show. Get over to listen to the GOAT show. I promise you, it'll impact your life in a ridiculous way. Mike, we are grateful. Thank you for taking the time. We know you're busy. Taking the time out of your busy schedule to bless our Win All Day audience. We are grateful from the bottom of our heart. And we're believing for you, man, that what you sowed into our lives today, that you'll reap 10 times, 100 times, speak in favor over your life, man, in your business, in your marriage, in every area. We're believing for continued success. To the listeners, to the viewers, that is our show of the day with Mr. Mike Arce. You are listening to the Win All Day podcast. This is Coach JC. You were born a winner. All things are possible. All things work together for good. Until next time, who loves you? I love you. This is Coach JC, and we'll get at you next time.